0: Other record is on. Whenever you're ready, go for it.
1: This is Lynn Mall from lynnmull.com. And you are listening to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, reminding you to take a powerful pause.
0: Beautiful.
1: <laughs> and you're a great
0: improviser. Most people, when they see that take action thing, they just like freak out. <laughs> like, oh, you should have told me I need a week to prepare. Anyway, good job. <laughs>
1: I did a lot of corporate speaking and been like held to the fire on like crazy questions about technology I didn't build sure or regulations I don't know about. So So you've got some
0: really good improv chops. (laughs) All right, let me hit stop. I'll be right back. Darius Wallace. Thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going?
2: Oh, thank you, Jeff. I'm doing really, really well. and I'm glad to be here.
0: (laughs) So you are at DariusWallace.com and that's spelled D-A-R-I-U-S Wallace.com. So talk a little Uh, bit about what you're most excited about in your business today.
2: Um, wow. That's a, that's a huge question. question. It is. (laughs) yes, Yes. But you know, uh, I am very excited. I'm I'm really happy with my my website because it tells the story of what I actually do and who I am. Uh, I'm an actor. I'm excited about what's happening in my life as an actor. I do a one person show on the life of Frederick Douglass. Yeah. And so it's story as we speak. I'm I'm out performing
3: uh,
2: in various parts of the country. And so I'm excited about that. Uh, I've been doing it for years, but I've rewritten it. And, um, or reorganize it and have a different version that I'm excited about. Also too, I'm really enthused um, in coaching people that have to present or communicate. Um, okay. I love doing that because someone did that for me when I was 13 years old wow. and helped me overcome a lot of the fears of presenting. <laughs> and um, so I really enjoy taking the techniques I've learned through all these years and use it to help people in the professional world, entrepreneur world, influencers, speakers, actors, overcome whatever anxieties they may have about communication, storytelling, and give them tools to anchor themselves to be able to fly. So I'm excited about that. And then, and then also too, I love things like this. This is part of what I do as a speaker where I can share my story. So I'm just really excited. Thank you, Malika. <laughs> who is the person that designed uh, my website? And um, that's great. Also, uh, um, all, her company is on 12 uh, marketing, and uh, she really did a fine job. And so I'm really excited about that.
0: Yeah, she did a great job. It looks really yeah. good. <laughs> yes. yes <she> <laughs> so, congratulations on all of that. So, thank and, you. And I, I, I highly recommend everybody go check out. Uh, Darius's website, I've spent some time on there, and I'm like, I haven't watched TV in a long time, but he's, like, the perfect, like... Detective sergeant. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I do. I enjoy and and to I see you in a, real life, it's like a completely yes. different persona.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: So you are really I acting, enjoy. but you've got that face, you got the voice. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I i enjoy playing roles like that. Yeah. I really he's talking about Law and Order guys. I believe he's talking about Law and Order.
3: Yeah. Um I so. and
2: I mm-hmm. uh enjoy uh there's a couple other uh Movies and stuff I've done, detectives and stuff. But I enjoy playing those roles. I really, really yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I really, really do. So that that that's exciting too. In um, just the future of what that holds for film and television. So nah, that's
0: fun. That's fun. We we can definitely get into that. But there's a lot of stuff on there, and the TED talks are really great too. So everybody go there, check you. it out. So okay, so you are Darius Wallace. Where did you grow up? Did you grow up somewhere around Memphis, or did I get that wrong? <laughs>
2: No, I uh, I grew up in Flint, Michigan.
0: Oh, Flint! That's right. No, yeah. I remember, right? Flint. Yeah. Yikes!
2: <laughs> yeah, I know where really. the. I grew up in Michigan knows. too, but yeah. You're you from Michigan.
0: I'm from Michigan, but I'm from the Upper Peninsula.
2: Oh, really? Yeah, I, completely I different world, right? <laughs> I've, I've been there. Oh, really? All right. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't. I can't remember where because it was when I was a teenager. You know, I went to Interlochen.
0: Okay. Oh, nice. All right.
2: Interlochen Arts Academy. And so somewhere in the mix, we did a choir thing up there. I just can't remember where, but yeah, I've been to the UP once in my life. Um, Yeah, Flint, Michigan is where I I grew up. And um, I uh, basically spent most of my teenage life, uh, early life, up to about teenager in Flint, Michigan, until I went to Interlochen pretty much at 15 years old. And... um, I grew up a very timid uh, child, right? Okay, uh, a very frightened child, to be honest. Wow. Um, and um, until uh, my father took me to this movie back in the days when movie theaters only held one movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I remember maybe played it. Remember that? Or I Maybe a
2: double feature, but it was I really
0: re- just <clears throat> there was a whole world before there was an internet. You remember that, yes, and cell phone. right, right. I know. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> Weird, right? <laughs>
2: that's right. Yeah. So he took me to this theater. They've actually renovated it. I haven't been there since uh, they've renovated it. But if the people out there from Flint are listening, it's called the Capitol Theater.
0: Oh wow, it's still there. And wow.
2: Yeah, yeah. They they renovated it's downtown Flint, and so he took me there, rushed me there because he had just he just seen a movie, and I he took me to see it, and when I came back. Oh, my mother said I was jumping, punching, kipping, kicking, screaming. I had just seen Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon.
0: <laughs> oh, what a great movie.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, saw, I might have been five, six, somewhere there. And so, maybe younger. And so, um, from that moment on, I wanted to be Bruce Lee. I mean, my, je- my father enrolled me in martial arts Taekwondo, and it was off to the races. That's where I really gained physically mm. confident oh, uh, wow. through martial, yeah, through martial arts. Wow, and um, has served me throughout, even up to this day. Um, and I matured pretty fast physically. Okay, so now I'm five eleven uh, 190 pounds, but I I wasn't that, I didn't weigh that much at 13, but I pretty much have been the size.
0: Okay. Right. Right.
2: Because I was 13 years old.
0: My goodness.
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You were a pretty big
0: kid for a 13 year old.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, all my friends were seniors in high school.
0: Holy cow.
2: Yeah. And, um, so my, the unfortunate side to it is, there was a part of that timid kid was slowly maturing, but hadn't matured yet. And still there was this sense of being timid and still kind of afraid, even though now I could physically be intimidating because of my size. right? In, inside I wasn't really maturing as fast. So people misunderstood my level of maturity.
0: Uh, okay. They, they, yeah, they thought that. you were kind of older than you were. You were
2: exactly. presenting older.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, they did.
2: They yeah. did. And so, um, so it was very easy practicing martial arts at 13 years old. Flint was changing because GM pretty much was leaving. Uh, there were no jobs. Um, the streets that were once kind of like a opulent, like beautiful, like, you know, just normal childhood type things you go through coming of age. Mm. Uh, became ab- abnormal in the early 80s when, oh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> everybody's done.
3: oh God, where did I say that? Scratch <laughs> <laughs> that, edit that out. <laughs> it's
2: okay. So, no, seriously, um, and so, but what happened was is um, the streets became mean because poverty hit Flint really, really, really hard.
0: Yeah. Everybody lost and- their job all at once.
2: Right. Yeah, it was a mess. It was yeah. it was a real mess. And um, so uh, crime grew mm. and gang activity grew. And right. I was a prime candidate. Um, and my reason for joining was because there at this period of time, there were kids in the neighborhood getting jumped. I mean, really beaten bad by these gangs. Wow. And a friend of mine, I don't know if he was... I think back and wonder, was he just trying to recruit me? But he said I was on the list to get jumped. So... I joined this gang to, for protection against what was coming. Right. And um, so, if you're
0: in a gang, then the other gang doesn't mess with you.
2: right without having to deal with everybody else. You know? Right. 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 So, right. So, um, so anyway, um, during that period of time, you know, life really became a terror because I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, I, I did because I didn't know how to express my emotions, could be express my anger violently. Mm. But I really wasn't a violent person. In other words, I wasn't drawn or didn't take pleasure in violence. I fought, you know, I fought, uh, I kickboxed. I actually Mm. kickboxed professionals at 13 years old, believe it or not. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I think it was a crime what this, this, this gym was doing with me. I didn't know at the time. Cause I was a kid, but they were exploiting me, but, um, I f- fighting, fighting wasn't unfamiliar to me, Right, but still I wasn't a violent person.
0: You were fortunately good at it for protection's sake. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I was. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I, I get it. Was, yes, I get it. Yeah. I was actually, I was, right. I was actually good at it, but, um, but you know, um, it was a bad all around, you know, it was going down a, a dark. Very dark Mm. hole. It wasn't until uh, my um, vice principal, when he basically caught me and this other guy with a weapon, um, he didn't see the weapon because I hid it. I wouldn't tell him where it was, and um, but he knew that I wanted to act, and so he sat me down and he says, "Look, he says you can you can you have a choice. You can either." Continue doing what you're doing and go to juvenile home or jail. Mm, Or you can do what I what I know you love to do, which is act. And or I can tell your daddy. Now (laughs)
0: let
2: me be clear. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You can send me to jail juvenile, but just please don't tell my daddy. Please don't do that. That'll I don't be know if you worse. good time. I,
0: That'll be worse. Yes. I remember good, good times? times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, my father was James Evans. <laughs> <laughs> the real one. <laughs> so So uh, that
0: punishment would be worse than Juvie would be yeah. Worse. yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: So um I get it. So I did I did have to think about it because I wasn't sure what the repercussions were gonna be. But I knew in my heart of hearts I wanted to act, and I didn't want this life. And so I, I went the route of acting. And the following, well, um, the that year, that summer or that spring rather, um, I had to be in this play, and I was flunking my 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 acting. I was, I was flunking my acting class. Isn't that great? And every time <laughs> I stood up in front of people, I would always forget all my lines.
0: Oh no. Okay. And
2: so the teacher worked with me on this one line <laughs> I had in Midsummer Night's Dream. Unfortunately, I don't remember that what that line was. It's it's this blocked. One line. It's blocked.
0: <laughs> It'll be right. forever yeah. blocked.
2: <laughs> I think so. I think when I said it, it was over. Right. But she worked with me forever on that line. And the night of the show, all I remember is lights and hearing a language. Shakespearean, that at that time was foreign, and I didn't understand what anybody was saying. Right. Wow. Sure. But I heard my cue, and then I said my line, and my voice filled the whole theater.
0: Wow. Oh wow.
2: And in the audience was uh the high school theater teacher.
0: Mm,
3: And he came
2: up to me and he said, Hey, I love your voice. And you, you have a great presence. I want you to be a part of the high school theater club or what have you. That's amazing. And Just so like the it. following year, I, yeah, the following year I did. Yeah. And uh, I did Oliver. It was my first play. And then um, he gave me a script called Come Blow Your Horn by Neil Simon to play the lead.
0: Wow.
3: Now,
2: there had never been a freshman to play the lead in the school yet. Okay. And this was the 80s. Mm-hmm. So even being African-American, you know, that was unheard of. Sure. So no one believed that I was going to get it. Right. I just knew that I wanted it. Like, I you were ready. It's so bad. Wow.
3: I worked wow. so hard
2: yeah. through the Christmas holidays. Every, every single day I worked yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah. To make a long story short, I got it.
0: <laughs> that, and so I, I'm going to interject here because I yep. accidentally got the lead role in my junior year in the high school musical.
2: Oh, wow. So That's the, amazing. So
0: the story goes like this. Uh-huh. One, one of my friends was going to the audition,
2: uh-huh.
0: and we were supposed to hang out after school, so I went with him to watch. But I'm oh, just wow. not there to audition. I'm just there hanging out, right? So I'm yeah. sitting in the bleachers or you know the auditorium seats and listening to these people audition for Little Abner, and they're up there singing. It's a musical uh-huh. audition. And and I'm like, man, these people kind of stink. <laughs> 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 I That's think hilarious. I think I could do better. So uh-huh. I just I, I, you know on a on a whim, thinking nothing's going to happen, just get up and say, I'm going to sing a song from church. Mm-hmm. And I sing "Sons of God, Sons of God." Here's Holy Word, really loud. I belt it out, right? <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, and. Uh, and everybody just goes nuts.
2: <laughs> wow! <laughs> right, wow.
3: right.
0: So then I end up getting like the star of the, I'm Little Abner and Little Abner.
2: Wow, that's amazing. That's it, an amazing story. It
0: was amazing all the way up until I got the uh, the uh, script.
2: You know, <laughs> when you're Little
0: Abner and Little Abner, you're basically in every scene.
2: Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. Wow. So you know what it's yeah. like,
0: right? That's a lot of. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of things yeah. to memorize. Yes. But after I got over the heart attack, I did it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. It
2: was really fun. It was really fun. That's great. Yeah. That's great. So how did it work
0: out for you? You got that part and.
2: I got the part, um, did a really great job. Everybody loved it. It was in the paper. and, And one day after the student matinee performance, I was walking home and this car slowly pulls up behind me and it's tinted. The windows slowly roll down and it's the gang members, the top dogs, and they tell me to get in the car. Oh, no. And so I get in the car and the guy, one of the guys driving, he's, you know, driving and he's looking in the rear view. And they called me Big Phil back during that time because my I go by Darius, my, my middle name, but uh-huh. my full name, you know, Phil Darius Wallace. And so they, they said, uh, Big Phil, we saw you in that play. And you, you're talented, and we don't want you to go this route. We want you to do what you do best. And they let me out of the car, and that was the end.
0: Wow.
2: Yeah. Wow. Was the yeah. And some of those guys are dead now. Some of them right. did, in jail. are in, in jail. But they're. I know two of them are, have changed their lives, and they're doing really well. Right. One, you know, became a— major drug dealer back in the 90s but he has since served his time and he's in a different part of the country just a completely different life but there were others who didn't make it. Right. No. Many of them didn't. Yeah, make it. yeah,
0: there's a lot of people that don't make it. It you know, Yeah. high school is uh one of those critical periods for everybody, I think. You know. Yeah. And yeah. you go down the wrong path. It <laughs> it goes goes bad places. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you yeah, can. Yeah, yeah. So okay, <clears throat> after you, you went to Interlocking. Where is Interlocking again? Is that
2: Interlocking is is near Traverse City?
0: Okay, all right. Yeah. So did you did the whole family move, or you just went there?
2: No, it, it's a boarding school. Boarding school. So, wow. Yeah. So I actually. Um, Uh, Just kind of moving into remembering, you know, what what we wanted to talk about. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. So even though um, I, you know, found this physical confidence with martial art. Yep. um, My teacher, high school theater teacher, um, Martin Jennings, who I'm still in touch with. Wow.
0: uh, Look at that.
2: (laughs) um, He saw that I was shy and that I really, I spoke really low and I had a really harsh urban Flint accent. So no one really could understand what I was saying. Okay. And so he tapped into me through, through mime. So he taught me how to mime. Wow. And I didn't have to use my voice. And I was good at that because I was a martial artist Mm. and I started to get a response from the audience. And then there was a breakthrough. Right. And and so then I, I became com- a lot more confident on the stage. And so uh, this is before I got the, the play. Um, Interesting. And yeah. so I found what I knew acting was my thing. I knew acting was my thing more so even than martial arts. Interesting. When Interesting. I got the lead role. Right. But there was still this you know, if you will, in a sense, seven-year-old kid that wasn't sure of himself and that was still terrified of everything mm. and hadn't matured. I can, re- I can
0: relate, yes. <laughs> yeah. I can relate. had matured yeah. to
2: right. the level of, of what one would need, right? And so, um, so most of my young life, I never got the girl,
0: Uh, me neither yeah me neither yeah you know I, I, i i can i can amend that uh up until so i was always that kid that was like hanging out with bob my buddy and his girlfriend and then bob's girlfriend's girlfriend was there too and i was there but the girlfriend had a boyfriend that was big and muscular <laughs> and scary. So what yeah. the hell was I doing there? Why was I there? Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm I, me and this other girl are watching these two people make out or want to make out. I'm like, what's going on?
3: <laughs> yeah. I, at
0: at yeah. that point, I really knew that I I, ne- I couldn't be there anymore. I was like, yeah. I have to get out of this car or I'm going to get killed.
2: <laughs> you know, I saw, there's a great movie called Cooley High. I don't know if you have ever seen Cooley High. High. Uh, wow. Fantastic movie. I'm and um, uh, Glenn Thurman is one of the stars in it. And uh, Glenn Thurman is a actor that if you look him up, he's been in a ton of stuff. And um, the guy, you remember Welcome Back, Carter? Yeah. Oh, the, the guy with the afro, he was the star in, in this particular movie. Okay. And so there's a scene where he's the cool guy and Glenn Thurman is the nerd. <laughs> and they're both uh, in this apartment on the bottom floor making out. And the cool guy is just making out, making out, making out. The nerd is like trying to make out. Doesn't know what to do. Yeah. That's me.
0: That's me. That's me. That happened to me when I was when I was a kid. Totally. But you me. know when yes. I
2: when I started acting though, it changed cuz it that was my version right. of the of the, the the athletic jock. Right. Isn't that, that great? Was, because yeah. in
0: reality, the guy that is actually the cool guy in real life is acting like a cool guy. That's what he's doing. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And right. So, That's the only so difference. I, he's like he's yeah. making it until he makes it. After you act right, like exactly. the cool guy a couple of times, then you know how to do it.
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 And so I uh <clears throat> was attracting girls. Not just one girl in particular. Who she left a note in my my lock. She slipped a note into my locker, and we met and you know, we eventually started dating. Mm. For her, it was, I was hard to get to. For me, it was, like, this first moment of, like, this, my heart, like, really opening up for someone and really becoming into someone.
0: Okay. Yeah, I get it.
2: And so there came a point where she and I's relationship wasn't working out, right? Okay. And so... For me, as that timid kid, that kid that wasn't quite mature, that was frail and terrified inside, even though outside I had this exterior of power, I had this voice of power. Right. But inside, there was a broken boy.
0: Mm, Yeah. I can relate. And so
2: there was, and I'm speaking this to people just so that you can hear this. In my mind because i thought she w- was not liking me anymore and in my mind because she you know at that time there were no cell phones it was phones and answering machines right um <laughs> whenever i called i couldn't reach her and she would never return the call okay in my mind i thought she was done with me and it sent me down this dark rabbit hole of I'm nothing. I'm nobody. Mm. I'll never be anything. And it just, I just went straight down this awful place that I had already been feeling for years Mm. up until I was 14 or whatever I was back then. And I thought the way out of all that pain was Suicide. Wow! And it's interesting because wow. at that age, I think that there's a reason why Shakespeare wrote. Now, now you know. Before, I didn't even understand it as a kid, but now I'm a founding company member in Tennessee Shakespeare. Mm. Um, but Romeo and Juliet—they're are 13, 14 fourteen-year-old kids.
0: I know, I know. You know it's what tragic. I mean? Tragic. It's super tragic.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and so that 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 space is a very vulnerable time, mm. you know, for for teenagers, and for me, it certainly was. And um, mm. in the midst of me uh, planning to do this, depressed and ready to do it, um, the de- the morning before, I mean, the morning of. Ah, uh, previous maybe f- a few days before, I had done um, my first paid acting gig wow. with this place called the Flint Youth Theater, and yeah, it was yeah. doing my yeah you know? okay. And so, interestingly enough, that I was planning on taking my life, but I made sure to catch the city bus to pick up my chapter.
0: <laughs> hey, you got to keep up appearances.
2: Yes, at, at least I, right? I know
0: exactly what you mean. Like yeah. like I did suicide attempts, right? Yeah. So, but I strictly, so I had a security clearance and I was active duty Air Force in my early 20s. Uh-huh. So I carefully planned out if I wasn't dead, I had to get up and go to work. Now, mm. you know, so I did. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I know exactly yeah. what you mean. I know exactly what yeah. you mean. If this doesn't work yeah. out, I got to play it off.
2: <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah, and so i I remember going and I remember feeling good. I had a few hundred dollars in my pocket, and I was taking the city bus back home, but there was still this I know, phenomenal that feeling. I know that feeling.
0: yeah, yeah yeah, I was just thinking yeah. about that feeling the other day, that feeling of I was watching a TV show and this this woman just went through like a horrible kind of like I think her baby died, she went through a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. and she was in that mourning and grief, and, oh, wow. and she just kind of like rolled over, and her husband was there with her, and he was trying to comfort her, and I remember that feeling that she was feeling, yeah. right? That yeah. feeling of this pain will never go away.
2: Yes, that, that's right. That's the, that's right. That,
0: it hurts, I don't know why, and it'll never go away. That's yeah. the feeling. Yep. That's, that, that's yep. that what depression feels like. Um, yeah. 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 I, yeah. I don't know what to do about it and it'll never go away.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And here's the thing though. <clears throat> here's the thing. I, I went home. I went into the cabinet. I got these pain pill medication stuff that my parents I knew were taking for whatever their illness was. I knew that it, it could be lethal. Wow. How I knew that, I'm not quite oh, sure, wow. but I knew that they were powerful. Wow. And, um, and so I, I took them, I took a bottle of it. You took them. Yeah. I actually took them and I laid down, you know, uh, similar to Juliet. I laid down to just kind of let it kind of let go of life and just move on to wherever else I was going. Wow. And then I woke up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Felt like shit. When I woke up, (laughs) it was like the whole world Uh, turned sideways. Wow. I was walking, trying to. It was slanted. My way. Yeah. Yeah. I was walking down the hallway, like in slow motion, (laughs) trying to get to the kitchen.
0: Trying to play. And I don't
2: know what I was reaching for in the kitchen, but my mother saw me moving slow. And she knew right then and there what I had done. Really? Yeah. She said, oh, she What have you been you. taking? Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. And so uh, she was, you know, hurt, broken. my fa- Everybody was just like, What did you do? Why did you do this to yourself? So, and you got um, lucky. I did. Yeah. You got I lucky. did. I did. Yeah. I had to take I did my not father. get. I did
0: not get literally busted. See? So that's not. Oh, as, yeah. It's not as good when you don't get lit. I got metaphorically busted. So people could tell, but they didn't want to say because they weren't my mom and dad, right? They were officers in the Air Force, and we all knew what would happen if it officially had happened, right? I couldn't couldn't go to work anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. But sometime after I had my attempt and walked sideways all day at work, (laughs) Uh Uh after rat poison didn't work, um, I, I want to say like... Not long after, I don't remember how long after, but my my boss, who was Captain Darren Medlin, uh-huh. um, really uh-huh. super dude. <clears throat> mm-hmm. He uh, he called me in my his office and he just said, "Look, you know, I think you're taking work a little too seriously." Mm. Uh huh. There's life, and life goes on. You know, you screw yeah. up at work. You know, you get swacked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: And then yeah. and and then we 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 have a little chat and maybe I write you a letter and then you know we we rub you on the head and say now get back out there you know yeah it's not the yeah. end of the world
2: <laughs> yeah well hey here's the thing my my mother was broken because of it so I I really destroyed her when she when she saw what I'd done to myself mm. and then my father was so disappointed and also hurt but they both kind of nursed me during that period of time. I had to take cold showers and um, That's they good stuff. made sure I was vomiting some. And, and so eventually like I felt the stuff getting out of my system. I was starting to feel better. And then I laid back down to go to sleep and I kind of went into a deep sleep and the phone rang. And when the phone rang, I picked it up and it was my girlfriend at the time. And I remember to, to this day saying, hey, how you doing? And I was like, I'm fine. Is everything okay? Oh, yeah. My father just made us go to XYZ for the past couple of days. So I was just giving you a call back because I'm just getting your message.
0: <laughs> wow. It's. <laughs> so, wow.
2: imagine what I did to myself. Yeah. I told myself this untrue story. Right. And I replayed this untrue story again and again and again until I colored the whole world as dark. Yeah. And I believed in this very, very dark world. It doesn't mean that traumatic things hadn't happened and, you know, I'm not trying to say that these things don't happen in our lives that bring about stress and depression and what have you. But I am saying, for me, my reasoning had more to do with a false idea of what was happening. And mm. this would be a friend up until a certain point mm. in my life.
0: Right. 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 It's almost like that, that missed phone call was just a trigger.
2: Yeah, that's right. right. It was. Yeah, it was. Had nothing, was.
0: had nothing to do with her.
2: <laughs> nothing to do with her. He was fine and dandy and wondered how I was doing. Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> Little weird. Did you know, yeah, yeah, it's funny. She never knew what happened. I, I I ran into her again in the past couple of years, and I, mm. I say, hey, you remember that? And I talked to her. And she's like, what you mm. did? What?
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. As you, as we were talking about making out and coming out of shells and stuff, that's kind of uh-huh. like a side. So before we move on to the next thing, so there yeah. was this slightly older girl, like she might have been like a little bit older than me, maybe a year ahead of me in high school Uh Mm -hmm. and she just decided that I was going to be her girlfriend or I was going to be her boyfriend, I guess that's how Uh I would say it. Right. And we were going to go out. Right. And I, and again, I was like you, I was like this sort of like slightly good looking nerd (laughs) Uh (laughs) (laughs) and had no idea what to do. Had, you know, never, I mean, I'd had girlfriends, but I didn't know what to do about it. Yeah, And we were, uh, we were leaving one of those high school dances and we're walking together and we're holding hands and <clears throat> I just turned to her, right, like this, and uh-huh. she's laying one on me without even, <laughs> I don't even know what's happening. And I'm like, hey, I'm making out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, And that yeah. continued, right? And, yeah. and she sort of like took me out of the shell. She made it okay yeah. for me to do that. And so right. thanks, Chris.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's
0: like once once you get the idea that this woman is interested in you, you can mm-hmm. go ahead and initiate contact.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah.
0: Okay, great. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Anyway. Yeah. So all right. So let's move on. So we're still using basically your life story as uh, yeah. as sort of like a, the highlight reel here. So at yeah. some point, you get to New York City. So let's talk yes. about New York City in the 90s.
2: Yeah. Um, well, you know, by now, <clears throat> I've... Um,
0: you went to college, uh, maybe?
2: Yeah, I, I, I went to SUNY Purchase Theater Art School.
0: Wow. My
2: goodness. And uh, I graduated from Interlock in Arts Academy, and by now I'm a reasonably strong, you know, actor. Um, I went to SUNY. Uh, unfortunately, uh, my after my my uh, second semester of my freshman year, I joined a cult. Uh, it was a Christian cult. Oops. Uh, um, yeah, it was it was horrible. Uh, it was a, what the worst experience of my whole life. And not to make it very clear, they are good, very good people that I know right now in my life that are Christians. So i mean, it's not Christianity itself, it's just this particular the cult. cult. Part.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cult part.
2: You know, and um and I, I actually quit acting over it. <clears throat> wow. Uh, which was pretty tragic, yeah. But then um when I was about, I don't know, uh 20, 20, 21 years old, I got back into it and uh I I started uh, performing again the Michigan Shakespeare Festival, and then I wrote a one-person show, my first one on the life of uh, Malcolm X, wow. which also turned to a show on Martin Luther King, and that was very successful. toured around the country, and then I was, felt it was I was ready to move to New York, LA, and so I did. And while I was in Los Angeles, unfortunately, uh, my mother. Uh, had breast cancer okay and so you know when that happened it was you know painful that she was going to go through that but in my mind you're not even thinking about the possibility that you're going to lose your mother you're just thinking it's just another thing you're going to you're going to get through and get over and she was she did they changed their diet she became vegetarian and things started to get better uh for her but then all of a sudden it came back with a vengeance. There was some stuff that we know now mm-hmm. that we didn't know in right. the 90s about how to handle protein and things mm-hmm. of that nature. Yeah. And so um, while I was in Los Angeles, actually um, sitting with, well, had a meeting uh, set with the head of casting for NBC. Wow. Peter Goldberg. Um, The day that I had a meeting with him, my mother passed. Oh, no. And, um, I still did the meeting and, uh, and I also let him know I was headed cause he, he loved my audition and he called the provincial casting director and he said, you're going to work in this town. When can you see the, you know, and I said, I have to go home. My mother passed this morning. And he was like, oh God, your mother passed. I said, I'm just, I'm so surprised you're here. And I'm so sorry for your loss. Well, when you get back from the funeral, you know, I want you to follow up on these. So I only the issue was, is I wasn't the same. When mm. I came back from the funeral, I was no longer the same. Mm. Everything that I was prior to that was no more. Wow. So I had no... Well, you needed time to grieve. <clears throat> yeah, and, it, it, yeah. and it, I didn't give myself the time. That was one of the issues. Um, and so none of that stuff worked out because I, I just wasn't present in any mm. of those meetings with those casting directors. And I really lost a sense of, of motivation to live. Wow. And um, I didn't do anything, you know, and I lost my car and, unfortunately, um, my job. And, unfortunately, I got a call uh, from an old friend from school who started a theater company in New York. Okay. And he says, hey, you know, we want you to be in a show out here. You, we, you'll, you'll be rent-free and, you know, all this great stuff. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. I really need this. I don't need a car in New York. So I went to New York, did the show, Um, and, but it was a lot of talented people in the house, writers, directors, and so on and so forth. There was also, uh, a lot of drugs. As a matter of fact, one of the playwrights, a very gifted one, died of an overdose. Oh, geez. Um, so in this theater company, there was, you know, drug dealers coming in and out out of the, of the Brownstone. Now, mind you, this doesn't color the personalities of these guys you know mm-hmm. these were all great great guys you know what i right. mean they were great very talented but the drug the drug <clears throat> thing was very very present
0: got into and, the wrong drug scene yes
2: yeah it's, and, all, um, it's all
0: fun until it's not you know basically until it's not yeah yeah, and not. it
2: really got unfun really really quickly right and um you know the the artistic director uh, unfortunately we were walking home in this 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 italian neighborhood Eating this phenomenal sandwich, just a, in a really cool, like laid-back neighborhood, and we're walking home, and it gets quiet. And he says, "You know, I'm a little nervous." I said, oh, "What's going on?" He said, "Um, I owe the mob. I borrowed money from the mob <laughs> to do this festival." I said, "What? what? <laughs> <laughs> you did what? Yikes. You borrowed from the mob? <laughs> wow." So I just felt like I was in living in a ticking time bomb, but it really wasn't though there were drugs in the house, though he borrowed from the mob, which that wasn't the first time. So I, and I'm, I know he paid it back. He's still alive. (laughs) 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 Um, I
0: hope he has all his fingers, toes and legs and arms. Yeah. Yikes. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Um, I was the ticking time bomb.
0: Right. Okay.
2: Um and uh, I I blew up. In other words, I kind of broke down. And um let me make a long story short, um couldn't afford to 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 keep my end of the because after the festival I had to pay rent and um didn't have the confidence psychologically. I still was dealing with my mother's death and yep. I found myself on the street. Wow. In Fort <clears throat> Best Eye Brooklyn, and uh, became a, a sort of a John Doe, and um, to the point of pushing a cart, you know, to pick up cans. To wow, you know, <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, now let me be clear: not as bad as a lot of people that have gone through homelessness. Not nearly as bad, right? Uh, because there were poets. I uh, we got on this poet scene early on before I became homeless. And there were people that I knew that found out I was homeless that would help every now and then. Okay. Uh, but for the most part, I was on the street. And, um, and then one day, uh, as I was sitting on this park bench, um, this wondering how in the world did I get to this place? Right. Uh, I was looking, it was Spike Lee's 40 acres and a mule and the coffee shop I wanted to work at. And I'm sitting there on the bench and I'm, just trying to figure it all out. And I remember something my father told me, which was all things lost can be regained. And we like the divine can say be, and it is. And when I thought (laughs) about that. That's great. Wow. Yeah, something just rushed in me like a spark of hope, like a spark of possibility. Okay. And I said, I'm going to work for Spike Lee, and I'm going to work at that (laughs) coffee shop. Well, I didn't work for Spike Lee. Yes, I did get back into acting and film and television, and but at that moment I did work at that coffee shop. And that coffee shop, I uh, was homeless for a period of time working there. But uh, there was a lady when she, you know, everybody discovers you're homeless after a while if you're wearing the same clothes, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> lady there happened to be from Detroit, and she offered uh, me to uh, rent out her room because I was starting to make cash because of the the Okay. The being a barista. And so I, you know, got on my feet there. And um, but even though I was on my feet, there was still this this brokenness. And I still yeah. felt like, you know, I didn't deserve to be around. Still. And so still. And yeah. so just like when I was a kid, I, I got the pills again. Right. And I carried it in my pocket. Wow uh for when I was going to have the courage to do it. Yeah. And I remember uh the day that I was going to do it. And I, it's funny cuz I went back I went back to Brooklyn like uh, two summers ago and I went to this very Burger King.
0: <laughs> the very Burger downtown King. Downtown Brooklyn. Okay. Huh? the same Burger King.
2: It's still it's still there. Okay. If you go if anybody's listening from Brooklyn, it's downtown Brooklyn. There's this Burger King and I remember walking up to the Burger King. I had $5 in my pocket. It was back in the days when you could get a meal for $5 at right. Burger King. <laughs> remember that? Four, uh, yeah, I four, uh, fifty-nine. Yeah. I had $5 to my name. I said, this is going to be my last meal. Oh, wow. And I remember eating that burger. It was the best burger <laughs> in the world because it was my last one. And I had some tokens back in the time in New York where you have tokens I can't remember why I got on the train and where I was going I, I really just can't remember but on this train there was this guy yeah. that was sitting across from me it was yeah. just he and I on this box car oh wow and he's has sitting in lotus position <laughs> and he has his big eyes and he's just he's sitting there he's looking at me like this <laughs> wow and then I'm looking at him and he's just looking straight at me almost like through. And I'm thinking, like, who is this weird dude <laughs> <laughs> that's just looking at me? But I wanted to, uh, I've always wanted to learn yoga. Wow. You know, never could afford it. And so I said, I said, let me just ask him, are you a yogi? And he says, I am. I said, uh, do you teach yoga? He says, I do. And then he said, will you teach me? I said, will you teach me? He said, I will. Wow Wow. <laughs> and I said, "How much?" And he said, nothing.
0: Wow, That's amazing.
2: And so he gave me his information, and uh, every now and then, I would uh, get to Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. Okay. And every time I showed up, this yogi we saw was very, very sad. So he sat me down. he told me a story about a time when he was in his 20s and he lost his will to live and he carried pills in his pocket. Wow. Sounds familiar, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, wow. Here's the difference. He did it.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay.
2: He literally did it and he said as he killed himself and his own words as he was hovering above his body, he could see family members coming in broken. Oh, wow. And mourning and yeah. weeping because of what he had done to himself.
0: <clears throat> okay.
2: And he says in that moment, he wished so bad he could come back, that there was a way that he could, you know. And before he knew it, he was back in his body. Wow. And from that moment on, he, de- he dedicated his life to the happiness of others.
0: Mm.
2: And he made a decision to do it through yoga. That's amazing. And after he finished saying that,
0: yeah.
2: I reached into my pocket and I took the pills out and showed them. And he says, oh, so this is the reason why I was led to share this story. Right. So he says, yeah. well, you have a choice to make. He says, you can take those pills and leave it on the altar of Ganesh, which is an Indian deity. Yeah. The elephant god. Yeah. The elephant god. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He said, leave it on the altar of Ganesh or you can take the pills and do as you will. And so I took the pills and I left it on the altar of Ganesh. Good call. Yeah, <laughs> and I went on to, to to discover through a girlfriend at that time, because she had lost her dad, um, that she that that she basically said after also discovering you know that I was homeless, <laughs> everybody was She said, "Have you ever considered that you're grieving?"
3: Mm. I
2: never have. I never thought about that. Right. And she helped me become aware that what I was going through yeah, it's grief. was, right. yeah, was, you know, had, real heavy grief. <clears throat> so after that, my life kind of started to go up. Um, and, um, but, you know, I, I, the unfortunate thing that I kept at that time was the substance abuse, which was mainly
0: alcohol. mm been there.
2: So even though my life was changing and eventually I got back into acting and I got married and had, you know, three children. Wow. It wasn't until uh 14 years ago. Okay. 14 that ago. Okay. I yeah, 14 years ago, I um, hit hit with what, what, what we call bottom.
0: <laughs> wow. You've had many bottoms. <laughs>
2: Yes, I have. Yes, I have.
0: This is the bottom. Okay.
2: This is the bottom. Okay. This is the bottom where everything can get better. Yes. So you know, um, it's hard for things to get better when you're dealing with substance substance abuse. So, so I walked into this, you know, very interesting place with very interesting people, <laughs> and uh, made a decision to not uh, go back to to drinking. Okay. And so I did And as my sponsor, we had what's called sponsors, um, people that guide us through the process, he would always say, you know, it'll only get better. Just don't drink. And so I didn't. And mm. it, life got better and better and better and better, not without trials and tribulations, but right. but better and better and better and better on so many magnificent yeah, yeah. levels. And let me just mm-hmm. say the last, the very last traumatic moment in my and it leads me to who I am today is two years into it. Um, still when you, when you first overcome it, you're still dealing with the desires and you're still kind of dealing with life the way you've always dealt with it, which is without any management. Right. And, um, you know, struggling financially and, you know, uh, just down and out, um, and back into that very dark place, and um, and I was sitting at a at a Starbucks, and there's a park not far from it in in Memphis, and I felt a small, still voice saying, "Me, let's walk." Wow! And I got up, went to the park, and I walked. Now around this park is a mile, and I remember I walked not on purpose, but I walked around it seven times. I know I had an intimate conversation with my higher power. I don't know what we what he, what we said. All I know is when I came out of it, I was a changed man. Oh, wow. That I found oh, this... Seven serenity. Miles
0: with God. There's the name of the, uh, the book. That's the name of the book.
2: <laughs> Seven Miles with God. Thank you for that. I love that. Uh, <laughs> but That's awesome. I, but I learned the truth within myself mm. where... There's a you know a great individual who said in some very poetic writing, uh, "The kingdom of God is within you," mm. and in that moment, I knew that, right, and had experienced that, right, and from that moment on, seeing these, uh, beneficent things happening, like these miraculous events just unfolding on a regular basis and the more internal I went the more I saw this unfoldment of these just amazing things that hasn't come without more trials and tribulations and the things that you run into right living yeah but now living in a way that's that's more serene and more peaceful and more zen-like and more spiritual mm. where now I'm meeting life's challenges from a place of uh healing hope victory joy peace mm. um so that that I can go in a direction of of you know benevol- but benevolence and growth and have not had I've had some low moments but most of my life in the past was low moments mm. With right. spark every now mm-hmm. and then. Now most of my life is a spark, yeah, uh, yeah. with just moments of low moments. Right. And so that became the the end. What I believe the end. Just like you know, the day that I stopped drinking was mm-hmm. the end. We you know one day at a time. I only have today. But where life that pain. And that torture, that torment, is no more. I get it. It's 2011. I get
0: yeah. it. 2011. Yeah. Nice. I so like. I there's um. Uh, I think it's Buddhist teaching about mm-hmm. like once you've learned this thing, what you like to call that inner spark of the divine in you, and yeah. and you take this journey. What you're talking about, right? Yeah. You can't stop the first arrow, right? The first arrow is just life being life, right? Mm. That's uh-huh. something's going to happen. You're not going to walk around and it's not going to be fairies and rainbows your whole life. That doesn't exist. Shit's going to happen, right? Yep. Yep. The second arrow is you saying, "Oh, I'm set to pieces yet." <laughs> right Right. and all that all that you know spiral into despair kind of thing that can stop you can stop doing that you can learn how to stop doing that and just go okay i got a flat tire guess i gotta fix it
3: (laughs) right Right? yeah
0: Yeah. you don't have to go what kind of person does it make me if i get a flat tire right (laughs) (laughs) Right.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) yeah i get it yeah yeah Yeah. it took me a long time too I think yeah. the uh, the crystallizing moment for me was on a bus in L.A. Oh
2: wow! Okay, wow. wow.
0: And it wow. wasn't I wasn't depressed or anything. I was uh. just deep into like reading uh, all the spiritual books, like yeah. Deepak Chopra and uh, a lot of Oprah Winfrey and Eckhart Tolle. Right, where you you're just meditating a lot and reading and trying to figure out what all this shit means because it's all parables and weird, right? (laughs) You're like, what the hell? What are they talking about, right? And I'm just trying to be present, right? That's what they'll keep telling you to do. Be present, be present, be present. And I'm sitting there and I'm taking this bus and I'm going to, I think I'm going to massage school in Studio City, but it's a long ride, right? I'm in South Bay. I'm going to Studio City. I got to drive to the bus and then the bus is forever. And then, so I'm sitting there on this bus and I'm looking and I'm going, wow, I think I'm the only one on this bus that doesn't have headphones on or isn't looking at their phone or is, you know, isn't distracting themselves. Right. Uh, is yeah. like So I might be the present one
3: <laughs> 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 on this yes. bus, you know, right.
0: mm-hmm. and, it, and I was just like, wow. That's pretty mundaising.
2: <laughs> the perfectly
0: yeah. mundane amazing moment.
3: Yeah,
2: it is amazing. Did, did you did you frequent the Bodhi Tree?
0: Did I frequent the Bodhi Tree?
2: Do you know about the Bodhi Tree bookstore? I know
0: about oh, okay. No, where is the Bodhi Tree bookstore?
2: It's well fortunately it's gone now. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was it, in Studio used to City? Do. It was uh in West Hollywood on Melrose. Oh, okay. No, Uh, you know what? Have you heard of Earth Cafe? I
0: have.
2: Uh, It's it's right. It used to be right next door.
0: Huh. Well, no, I didn't go to the Bodie Tree. I may have seen it.
2: Okay, probably so. If you,
0: I was going to ask you just because you lived in L.A. and you acted. Did you ever? You acted in L.A. right for TV shows? (laughs) No.
2: Oh no, No, I did my one person shows. uh, Frederick Douglass. I did on theater row. I did Malcolm X on theater row there on Santa Monica Boulevard. Okay. Yeah, and then, um, then I did a lot of school performances up and down the state of California, but also in the L.A. area. But I never did any television or uh, filming. And L.A. based. I did. A, I did. I did a short film. I did a music video deal, but not okay. Any. Um, there, yeah.
0: <clears throat> so when I did my massage school, it was on Ventura um, uh-huh. and there was a Ralph's and a Starbucks mm-hmm. and a lot of actors hung out at that Starbucks when I was. Oh, really? Yeah. So I was like, I could have seen you, but I guess I didn't. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> you I,
0: didn't hang I, out there. I saw Seth I Green there once. I saw oh, really? a bunch, you oh, know, really? like those commercial actors that you see all the time in, yeah. in lots of different commercials. I saw a lot of those guys. A lot of oh, that wow. that guy, you know that guy?
2: Oh <laughs> yeah, yes. Oh, yes. 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 <laughs> oh it's That's that great. guy.
0: You know you know their face are but you, you don't know their name.
2: Are you still in LA?
0: No, I'm in Vegas.
2: In Vegas. Okay. Yeah, we okay.
0: moved from LA to Vegas in 2017.
2: Okay, got you. Yeah, okay.
0: I wanted to avoid all the excess taxes.
2: <laughs> yes, I keep hearing
0: that. I keep hearing that. It's like having two I countries. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. as we wrap up, let's let's yeah. uh, tell people how they can get in touch with Darius Wallace.
2: Yeah, you can get in touch with me at DariusWallace.com. Right. You can also find me on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and um, YouTube. Perfect. I'll just put my name in and... And look me up thank you
0: so much this has been like amazing you're oh thank you we're really good at storytelling so come back twice or three times or eight times or come be co-host I would love to. you're really good <laughs> i would love to i would yeah. love to reach out again anytime you want and we'll uh we'll do it all over again i'm sure there's more stories to tell
2: Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Oh, yes.
0: (laughs) We can just drill down anywhere you choose. All right. Thank you, sir. This has been a blast.
2: Thank you. I really appreciate it. Have a good one. Okay, you too. Bye-bye.